Welcome back to the first show of the new year. Happy New Year! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I haven't seen you or talked to you all year long. I know. It's been so long. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't shaved my legs this year either. <laughs> oh. And it's weird because we're recording this in March. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> How was your New Year's? What'd you do? Anything fun? Um, Let's see. What did I do? I did see Elise all day. That was my New Year's Eve. So fun. How about you? Okay. <clears throat> so kids, when you're an adult, this is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> Stay at home. You know how I feel yeah. about New Year's Eve. It's amateur night. I know. And it, there's just too much. It it's is. just too it much. Is. And really, it's just one more day. So, mm. uh, no. no. I, my dad came over. The kids were home. Mm -hmm. So, we just did that. Kids were in bed by nine. And when I say kids, I mean my adult child. Sure. Um, my dad left about 830. Mm -hmm. And I dozed off in the chair. I woke up at about 1130. And <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm going to miss the New Year. I'm fine with that. And then people started shooting off fireworks. and I found Oh, yeah, there were annoying. fireworks yeah. in our neighborhood, too. I don't understand why, but okay. I mean, yay. I guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I said, it's just another day. Can we, you know, not make it more than it really is? We received a, a note in our, in our uh, door today telling oh. us that there's going to be blasting in oh, our neighborhood. Exciting. Yeah. and I, Especially I was, when you find cracks in your foundation after the fact. Puzzled by the Puzzled. fact that there was a note in our door when there are many other ways to avail yourself of communicating with us. Perhaps even with a post-it note. Perhaps. Perhaps the United States Postal Service. That. However, if you wanted to save some money, I understand that as well. All you had to do was send an email because you don't have a problem sending me emails about the sleigh ride snow cone machine. <laughs> Uh, the food trucks and everything else that are coming. But something that I may actually, you know, be puzzled and confused and terrified by. And let's just slide that through and, the door. And really need to know. Yeah. But let's mix it in there with the guy who keeps dropping off the lawn care flyer. Right. Yeah. I, I hear you. Is this another home protection thing? Oh, no, they're going to blow up my neighborhood. <laughs> Fabulous. Something for the new year. You haven't had dynamite <laughs> in years. That's great. So, okay, how was your Christmas? It was wonderful. How was yours? It was wonderful as well. Would you like to know what I got for Christmas? I would. <laughs> I got AirPods because I lost mine in Houston. Oh, you did? <laughs> I've lost stuff in Texas before, too. The reason why this is funny is because I think I asked her three times on Christmas what she got for Christmas. By the end of it, I was like, still AirPods. <laughs> Thanks for paying attention. I, I really <laughs> was trying to make it like I was just testing her story, but clearly I was having some short-term memory problems. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. We had a lovely Christmas. We had a fun white elephant exchange. What none of us really seemed to understand the point of because there we, were really cool <laughs> gifts. There wasn't a shitty thing in there. We all liked what we got. I, know. <laughs> I knew I really should have just gone to the basement of the office and picked something out. Mm -hmm. That's what I should have I'm done. definitely so. going to try to get that taxidermied squirrel next year. Oh, I'd, oh, I would hold on to that. <laughs> Me too. I'd be like, don't you take my squirrel. I would treat it. It's a trophy of some sort. <laughs> I won a fabulous award. Every, it's, it's Italian. Italian. <laughs> Every day it would have like a different little hat on it or something. But you saw <laughs> a what little I, vest. You, I know. Yes. See? Yes. I, and I've got a whole line of clothing for it. <laughs> Steve has a skeleton that he has now, uh, he, he will now be celebrating all the seasons he's, with a leprechaun hat. Developed a personality of his Santa own. Santa hat. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just say that. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave so, it at that. Oh, so any big resolutions for the new year? 
I am trying to do something that makes my house more livable every day. Okay. And so like if I walk by and there are dishes in the sink. Oh. I put the dishes in the dishwasher. Okay. I just don't let them sit there. You don't just throw them away? No. Okay, that's fair. I just don't take them and throw them on my children's beds. <laughs> because that has happened before, hasn't it? Uh, no. No? Okay. That has been threatened before. Oh, But it okay. has never come to fruition. Okay, so very good, very good. So what about you? Do you have any resolutions? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't usually do resolutions. I do like to I write down some goals, and I like to review them throughout the year, and mm-hmm. Um, every now and then I get to check something off. So I guess really if I had a resolution, it would be to stay true to my goals. Mm-hmm. And, and and when I say that, they're not all financial goals. They're not all wants. Mm-hmm. They're, they're things that I want to do. So that's, that's really what, that's yeah. really it. I don't think that giving things up is always the best plan for Lent or resolutions or right. anything like that. You try to do something that makes your life a little bit more positive every day. Right. That's right. the way to go. No, I agree. I agree with that. So um, I think also we had a, um, we kind of had a quiet resolution between the two of us to make sure that we are regularly dropping episodes. Yes. Um, and I can tell you, I hope that everybody has experienced the significant change in recording quality. Yes. I did not believe that we needed new equipment. I was like, we sound fine. Everything's good. Then I listened to the latest episode and I was like, we sounded like trash. Right. Were we talking into a tin can? I don't understand what was happening. <laughs> Had we fallen down a well? Lassie, <laughs> right. go get help. Timmy. So. Yeah, so please enjoy. Let us know. Yeah, If absolutely. you can tell a difference, we want to hear from absolutely. you. Absolutely. So, all right. And, you know, we had talked about kind of doing a recap, but then, you know, some things have happened, particularly toward the end of the year, mm-hmm. that made us both kind of stop and say, gosh, you know what? There are there are really a significant number of examples of people standing up to power, mm-hmm. people standing up for what's right and and saying, damn, the consequences. And for some of those people, the consequences have been death. And yeah, I, I think... That, and torture. Right. And all kinds of like really shitty stuff before death. Right. And, and what I thought would be a neat thing for us to do is maybe pay a little tribute and give a nod to those people who really have stood up for what they believe in, uh, whether they paid the ultimate price for it or not, but those are things that take a lot of courage. Yeah. And I think that, I think in particular in the United States, I think it's easy for us to take for granted the fact that we can stand up to power, we can say no, we can go vote, we can do all of these things. We can, I guess if you want to post any stupid shit online that you want to say nasty things about people, make up lies, whatever. And right. you don't have to worry about getting a hand cut off. You don't have to worry about getting hanged or being publicly flogged or whatever. And those are real things that are happening in other countries. Yes, absolutely. And you have women in Afghanistan standing up to the Taliban because they want an education, because they want to be treated as equals, and they are being dragged into the streets and beaten. Mm -hmm. So there are women in Iran and men too. They've done. They've started doing this to the men who are also protesting the morality police, the horribly restrictive things that. They've been doing to the Iranian women, or is it Iranian? I'm never sure. Um, and they are, if they catch you, 
they will imprison you. They rape men and women indiscriminately. It's not just not oh. just for women anymore. Oh my! Wow, I did not <laughs> torture know that. them, and you might get out of prison, or you might just die. Right, or we might just go ahead and execute you publicly. Right. So or release you. Apparently, one of the things they're doing now is overdosing people on acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. Right. Which would cause liver failure if you overdose on it because I looked it up. Not that I just knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> Which, again, she listens to a lot of true crime. <laughs> so I'm thinking she's figuring out ways to kill somebody, oh. and the likelihood is it's me. No, I actually, we actually had a case when I was in Las Vegas of somebody who had overdosed on Tylenol, and they were trying to sue the hospital. At any rate, okay. it doesn't, doesn't make any difference. Right. But it, it, it causes liver failure. And so they'll like inject them with this insane amount of acetaminophen, release them, and then say that they died by suicide. Oh, for heaven's sakes. So because the numbers of people that are being reported as dying from the regime are grossly underreported because, you know, it's like in Russia when people would, or the Soviet Union, I should say, when people would just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He's been disappeared. Right. He is um, no longer in the building. So, yeah, there are, and there are stories like that kind of across the globe, and, and they run in varying degrees of severity. You know, the January 6th commission, I think that every Republican on there, maybe minus one, um, but the vast majority, if not all of the Republicans on that committee, either retired or lost their primary mm -hmm. simply because they stood up for what they believed in. They actually did their constitutional duty. And, mm -hmm. and, and irrespective of where you fall on the political spectrum, you have to, at a minimum, appreciate the fact that somebody has stood by their, um, stood by their own values and stood up and said, I'm not going to tolerate this. Yeah, absolutely. I don't agree with Liz Cheney about pretty much anything. Right, I understand. <laughs> but I respect and honor the way that she has handled this situation with grace and dignity because she's like, no, this is my line in the sand. Right. And she's been very ethical and uh, powerful and forthright in how she's handled it. We, I would never be comfortable in a cocktail party with her. Like, we're not going to go shopping later. But I do admire her for the way that she's handled that. I, I actually think you would love to be at a cocktail party with her. And, <laughs> and I think you have some common ground. Um, but I, I would also just add to that that the, the fact that it plays out so publicly Yes. And, and, and it, it, it's a brutal, brutal process. And it is. then you get primaried and then you get bludgeoned in the primary. Mm -hmm. And again, it all plays out so publicly. And the, the overwhelmingly smug response from the, the, the subject of an investigation as opposed right. to, you know, actually standing up and saying, hey, you know, I understand why you might feel this way. Let me participate in this process, whatever. And again, I'm not going to jump into a political perspective, but. I would say one of the problems with elective office is, is is when your primary concern is re-election, you've given up your right to lead because yeah. you just won't. And we have set up, especially the House of Representatives, that they, as soon as their election is over, they have to start fundraising again. They have to raise, what is it, like $10,000 a day every day for the two years that they're in office to be able to mount a serious campaign. It's some ridiculous number. 
And, right. and, you know, you have certain members of a party, whether that be Kevin McCarthy or... Um, a six-time loser. Does it go to penalty kicks at some point in time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I should not laugh. No, um, that was funny. laugh it up. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'd I laugh if a Democrat did that. I, I just cannot help but just roll my eyes so hard I see brain. I mean, right. it's seriously... Is this not embarrassing to anyone other than me? And then Matt Getz like wrote the Capitol. I don't want. I don't think it's a Capitol Police, but it's somebody who has um, some authority over space in the Capitol building. That that Kevin McCarthy was illegally occupying the Speaker's office, and he wanted him removed. I'm like. Y'all are a shit show. Oh, my gosh. The backbiting that's going on oh right now. Oh, my gosh. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and, and kind of speaking of, of somebody standing up to power, I, I have never been a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I, I found her. I, I really thought that she was somewhat polarizing. I, I didn't. I, I just was not a fan. And on HBO Max, there is a documentary that mm-hmm. was produced by her daughter. What a wonderful perspective. Mm-hmm. And in in like you and Liz Cheney, me and Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. probably would agree on a few more things than you and Liz Cheney would, <laughs> but I I do you have to respect her as a leader. Mm-hmm. You have to respect her as as a hard charging I'm doing this for the people that I represent and I don't care about reelection. I don't care about polls. I don't care about what's in the press. Mm-hmm. What I care about are results. Right. And I, I just can't help but think, you know, maybe if everybody in elective office behaved that way, we might be a little better off. Harry Reid was very much like that too. So I've flown into his airport many times. I used to work at the law firm that he started in Las Vegas before he went into politics. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, no, and I, yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of respect for him. And I, again, there are a lot of people out there doing good, hard work. They're mm-hmm. toiling away, um, but you you get these you get these few folks who really set an example for. I disagree with what's happening, and I have a platform, and I'm going to use that platform, and I'm going to stand up for what's right, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let the cards fall wherever they may. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of courage. It does, and in you know, I had a friend of mine send me a text, and she actually quoted Albus Dumbledore in the text, and. I'm, as one is wont to do. Well, and, and, and you know, it was it, it was a really it was a really nice text. It was a really appropriate use. But, and I probably will butcher the the quote. But basically, it takes a lot to stand up to your enemies, but it takes a tremendous amount more of courage to stand up to your friends. Yes. And whether it's Republicans versus Republicans, Democrats versus Democrats or women versus their government, uh, mm-hmm. or I'm going to use the term government really loosely, right. um, that takes just a tremendous amount of courage. But when you look and you, you do things comparatively and you think, okay, yes, it took a tremendous amount of courage in the United States. These were generally wealthy people, and, and it's not like they're going to have difficulty finding a job, mm-hmm. whereas whether it's Afghanistan or Iran or Colombia or any other number of countries that, that have laws, rules, whatever you want to call them, that are largely demeaning to women, to children, to whomever, 
you're paying with your liberty, you're paying with your life, you're paying with your appendages, whatever the case may be, just because you didn't have the good fortune, the cosmic twist of fate to be born here. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we, as a people, I don't think we, I don't think we really embrace that very much. I think we take it for granted and I think it's easy to take for granted. Sure. Unless you actually get into the sort of nitty gritty of things. And then you're, you like wake up and you're like, oh, I won the lottery of life being born in the United States in the time that I am. Right. And I'm right. not saying the United States is perfect. America is a promise and we haven't fulfilled that promise yet to the best of our abilities. But I'll tell you what, we have it pretty easy after doing immigration work. I've seen, I've seen the darkness. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, you, you say we, we haven't fulfilled that promise. My hope is that we never do that we just continue to strive for it and that the promise continues to alter mm -hmm. um, and, and embrace more and more and, and raises so many more people up. It's, it's not that we're not trying. It's right. that I think we get distracted. Right. And we get distracted by our 24-hour our news cycle. We get distracted by social media. We get distracted by the 40, 50, 60, 70-hour work week. Right. Some people are distracted because they have to work two or three jobs mm -hmm. because they're in fields that just don't pay very much. Um, there are lots of different things that kind of take your eye off the ball. And then there is a large subset of the population that not only has that dream not come true for, I don't think it's I don't think it's even been told to them mm -hmm. because they're toiling away and and not making any progress and having to hear maybe terrible things about them from people who have means. Um, yeah. I, it's it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, one of the things that that we could do if we wanted to have kind of a large-scale resolution for the year might be to step back and, and maybe just try and be a little more understanding of one another. Yeah. And, I, you know, Stephen Covey wrote a book, everybody knows about it, Seven Habits of a Highly, of highly Affected People. Never heard of it. And you're such a liar. <laughs> she, I'm a liar. She's got to disagree with me all I'm the time. I'm a dirty, dirty liar. So, but habit five is seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all so quick to get our position out there that we're not even listening when the other person's talking. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it was on West Wing, the, one of my favorite lines, you're not listening, you're reloading. Yes. And that I think is what a lot of people do, or they're, they're, they're not listening to understand, they're listening to respond. Right. And that's one of the things that if you start practice, practice, activing listening, if you start practicing <laughs> active listening, <laughs> Or her other thing. You could or do that, that. Too. I think I may have just said a Harry Potter spell. I'm not entirely sure. She just conjured a demon. <laughs> I said, away demons, I rebuke you. Sorry about that. But if you start actively listening to people, you will find yourself realizing how much of the time you spend listening to somebody with the sole intent of forming your response, your reply. Right. And it's, it's kind of shocking. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, 
who has to have a smart ass response to everything that was just like kind of taken down. Like, Oh God, (laughs) why does everybody look at me when they hear that? How do I even have a conversation (laughs) with people? Right. No, I, I agree. And I catch myself in that same, in that same boat where I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I don't like what that person said. And here's what I'm going to say back and, and completely maybe miss their point. Mm -hmm. Um, other times I'm and just a lot of, I'm, no, go right ahead. A lot of times if you listen to someone, you will hear what they're saying and you will see what they're saying too. Because a lot of times things that are, I don't know, controversial or cause us to have disagreements are rooted in pain. And if you actually watch somebody talk, you can see a lot of pain if if that's the root right. of the statement. Right. And, you know, take a step back and think maybe, huh, I I think that this might be a deeper issue than not getting this parking spot, right? right. There's some, there's something going on there and maybe I can be helpful or not add to their burden. Right. And, and I, I think that whether it's pain or it's grounded in experience or it's positive, whatever the case may be. Looking at those context clues are really a, a key part of listening. What And I can't remember, I'll screw up the statistic, like 60 or 70% of communication is nonverbal mm-hmm. and a relatively small amount is what the words are actually coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so troubling about people who decide to get into urinary Olympiads on social media yeah. and say whatever they want to because they think it's consequence free. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't because the person you're attacking is still a human being right. and does still have feelings and does still have family and does still have friends. And while I can appreciate your lighting a bag of dog poop on fire <laughs> and leaving it on somebody's <laughs> front door, it's not really solving anything. No, it's not. But on the other hand, as I also like to say, give everybody enough time and they will eventually reveal their true selves exactly. to you. So I, I think maybe taking a good, long, hard look at how we communicate, what we're communicating, the forum that we're using to communicate. And and those are some of the, to me, those are the things that I do in January. Those are the the reflections that I make. And, and I try to avoid the word resolution because I just think it's kind of a hackneyed process. Mm-hmm. But I like to look back and say, okay, where could I have improved? And unfortunately, I'm on page 785 of the things that I need to do differently in my life. And I appreciate you sending me 400 pages of your thoughts, too. (laughs) It was annotated, guys. (laughs) I went all in. So you could fill the Library of Congress with shit I need to do differently. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's the same. It's the same for me. And um, I, I, I think, though, if we can just pause from time to time. And accept things, some things as they are, mm-hmm. and accept people sometimes as they are, right? And actually meet people where they're at. I think we can make a lot of progress. There are two things that I started to do a while ago, and one of them was um, try to assume that everybody's doing the best that they can. I think that that's that should be your baseline. I think that's fair. And if something happens where somebody is unpleasant to you or, you know, there's pettiness or whatever, try to think of six reasons why they responded that way. 
that have nothing to do with you. Oh, interesting. Because you, I mean, we always internalize whenever there's a negative interaction. Right. No, I agree. That's, I And sometimes, agree. you know, you get to absurdities like their underwear is too tight or anything like that, but it gets you out of, I don't want to say a persecution mindset, but it, it takes it away from being so personal to you. Right. Because then you're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe they just lost their job or maybe, you know, their family's sick or, you know, and it doesn't always have to be so dramatic. Maybe they just like have a shitty day, but it takes it, it removes this. And I, I, I have a hard time with that too, is like, <laughs> I get my feelings hurt really easily. I try to pretend that I don't, don't let anybody know. But if you take it away from you, then that helps you put it into a proper context than just. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not so sure if it was, if it wasn't in the Covey book, it might've been in a, a, another book, but there was a story of a, of a man on the subway in New York and he had five kids mm -hmm. and, and whoever the author of the book was, is telling the story. He says, I'm sitting on this subway and these kids are just feral. They mm -hmm. are just running and screaming. And the dad is just sitting there and not doing anything at all. And so the author leaned over and said, sir, could you please do something about your kids? And he looked and he says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just came from the hospital. My wife just died. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, wow. Hey, don't I feel really good about that? Right. And that could happen to any of us. For sure. It, without a doubt. And But it, it comes to the whole thing of seeking first to understand. So maybe instead in the future, the better approach is, is hey, is everything okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you find out that, oh my gosh, no, everything isn't okay. And, and really, if you have the opportunity to give a little compassion to your fellow man, does that hurt you? No, it does not. And I, you know, maybe if we showed a little bit more compassion maybe we could start realizing that dream for everyone. Mm -hmm. If we started showing a little bit more understanding, maybe we could solve some of our problems. And as we solve some of our problems, maybe we come up with some ideas that we can help solve some larger problems across the globe. Mm -hmm. And we can have the argument about should we be in nation building or should we not? Um, I think you and I are on the same page here. When you're blessed as we are, you're a nation builder. And that's right. what your responsibility to right. the globe is. Right. I'm not saying you insert the Shaw. <laughs> Correct. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would hope that people understand <laughs> right. what we mean when we say that. Um, we're not trying to project our values onto no. everyone else, but there are some basic human decency values. Right. And the fact that you ought to be able to vote in an election without running the risk of a militia cutting your hands off that you ought to be able to express your opinion and drive meaningful change, not get hanged publicly. Mm -hmm. um, that you should be able to go out and if your hair slips out of your head covering, you shouldn't be beaten to death. Or maybe the head covering could be an option that you choose right. instead of it being mandated by the morality police. I just want to start with baby you just steps. <laughs> I'm meeting these people where they are right now. Fair enough. And you ought to be able to accidentally drop a piece of paper in right. Singapore. <laughs> and not be caned. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I also think that it's funny. I couldn't even tell you when that happened. It had to have been at least a decade ago. Oh, no. That was like in the 90s. 
that was a longer time ago. <laughs> you were about ready to say that was a decade ago. I can tell by the look on your face. She's absolutely correct. <laughs> she is 100% okay. correct. And I'm like, oh, shit. That was a lot Ew. longer ago. <laughs> we blew past a decade. I still think 1980 was like 20 years ago. I know, so. I know. When I look at the time capsule in the newspaper, I'm like, that's offensive. I, I remember know. that. <laughs> that's not history. Or on the radio, that's not an oldie. That's not an oldie. <laughs> First time you hear Nine Inch Nails on music. <laughs> I need a nap. And a Xanax. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny. So I, you know, I, I didn't want us to be all like super heavy in the new year. So I found some people that, you know, stood up, did what they had to do, did what they thought was right. Um, and maybe it will be a little amusing story for us. Um, there are these women called, named the Overstegen sisters from Holland. Okay. Freddie and Truss. Um, they joined the Dutch resistance when they were 14 and 16 years old, respectively. One of their tasks uh, that they did was to seduce Nazis, Nazi men, and invite them for walks in the forest where they would be shot by resistance fighters. Wow. And they also acted as couriers. I am not going on a walk with you (laughs) ever. They also acted as couriers and stole official identity papers. Um, They were finally honored for their role in the resistance with the, and I can't say this word, um, a special like cross, like a bravery cross by their country in 2014. Oh my gosh. Modern problems call for modern <laughs> solutions, ladies and gentlemen. And if you have to seduce a Nazi to get them in the woods where they can get murdered, so be it. And again, we're back to the Murdoch family. <laughs> oh my God. I meant to tell you this. They are already lining up food trucks for the like plaza area around the courthouse oh when the trial starts. I saw That's that yesterday. Incredible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so come down and get your Murdoch murder special. Oh my God. <laughs> Somebody's got merch. You know they do. <laughs> merch, merch. I need merch. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That is so funny. So um all right. What else is going on in the new year? <laughs> um I just want to take a moment and extend Good wishes to Damar Hamlin, who collapsed during the Monday night football game. Yes. I've watched a lot of sports. Never seen anything like that. Right. And uh, I forget the I forget the player's name 50 years ago who had uh, who'd actually died. Mm-hmm. And his son, um, his son was being interviewed and said that, you know, he certainly would be there for the family if they wanted to reach out and mm-hmm just to, to have somebody to commiserate with. So what I thought was also really incredible was, is that, you know, he had a, a charity, oh, uh, yes. GoFundMe for $2,500. Mm-hmm. And as of the morning of our recording, it was at $6 million. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible thing. And, right. and I, you know. And that's the thing. We feel so powerless because we can't do big things. Right. We can't do a big thing and make it all better. But we can each do our little thing, right. and it makes it big. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't one person who no. gave six million dollars, right? Because you could watch. We were watching it go up, and it was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars, then five hundred thousand dollars, and then it just kept going and going and snowballing. So yeah, that's wonderful. But I think you're. I, I really like the point that you made that we feel like we can't do big things, but when we all come together 
and we put our individual things in, guess what? Do your little thing. It is a big thing. Um, and, and, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a good goal for the year. Yeah. Just do a variety of little things, a little thing every day that makes your corner of the world a little bit better. You're talking about making the house more livable. Mm -hmm. And how does that set the mood for people when they leave the house or when they come back and they see their spaces put together, whether that's less anxiety whether that's um, just a, a good feeling walking out the door. It what, makes me what, so much happier. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're happier when you're out and about, guess what? You're easier to talk to. You're more aware of somebody else who maybe needs to be lifted up I'm a little bit. I'm fucking delightful all the time. How dare you? In, <laughs> indeed she is. <laughs> One of the things, you know, because I listen to all those true crime podcasts, is about, like, don't light up a room. Don't be a ray of sunshine. Because that's what they always talk about on Dateline. Like, oh, she lit up a room every time she came in. And I'm like, I'm safe. That has never been her. I'm safe. (laughs) I'm barely tolerable. Yes. Oh, my God. That is not even remotely true. She is fucking delightful. (laughs) It's a little true. (laughs) As she's talking about luring Nazis to their death. And the fact that we chuckle at the guy who tried to have himself offed and apparently hired a one-armed blind pirate. Who's his cousin? (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget that part of the story. I didn't forget that part. I don't mean to make light of it because there's a lot of tragedy in there. There's a lot of tragedy in there. There's a lot of people that that have been victimized there. And I certainly don't, uh, we're certainly not making light of that at all. But if you look at, some of these things, either in context or out of context of the man who's been accused of all of these things, who mm-hmm. is is innocent until proven guilty, um, you can't help but think, holy shit, how did you not get caught a long time ago? Right. Did you storyboard this shit before you started? <laughs> you, At any point in time, did you think, you know, this is probably not a good idea? She workshops a joke <laughs> for 20 minutes on her drive here. I do. Uh, for a five second joke. <laughs> this guy can't spend 15 minutes on how to murder himself? Right. Maybe I shouldn't get my, you know, barely functional, drugged up cousin who I've represented on multiple murder or like multiple criminal cases. Who you know clearly can't can't keep a job or do a job well. Maybe I shouldn't get him to be the one to shoot me in the head. This is fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. I do. I just I'm just look. Saying. If I ever need to get shot in the head, I know which cousin I'm hiring. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't even say because I don't even have to hire <laughs> Stephanie. Will just shoot me in the head. She'll probably lure me into the forest. <laughs> You're not a Nazi. <laughs> Oh, I don't even get the forest. She's going to do it right in the parking lot in broad daylight. I'll be be Skidmore, Missouri. Oh, God. Speaking of, like, crime that, uh, like, cousin's genealogy, that Idaho suspect was caught using genetic genealogy. Yes. And, And again, 23andMe is not my friend. It's my dream <laughs> that my DNA will someday catch one of my dirtbag cousins <laughs> for a crime they've committed. I want you all to keep your fingers crossed. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just troubled by the notion that this is going into some <laughs> major repository. Shit happens. Mistakes get made. I, I don't want, I do not I want any part of that. I know. That's why I'm on my phone constantly. So you will always know what my position is. Exactly. Exactly. I am, I am out in public. Cameras are watching me. 
That's fine. I wave at every camera. Exactly. Not committing a crime. Right here, being law-abiding, <laughs> being law-abiding. So, yeah, maybe not so much when I drive, but I'm hmm. just I'm just saying. Well, I mean, there's different varying degrees of infractions. That's true. And sometimes in the car, I just don't keep my beans on low. No, you do not. Your yes. beans are on high. <laughs> We're trying to get that into the vernacular this year. Yeah, so if you see somebody who's maybe acting up, or maybe, you know, they're they're starting to get riled. You just say... Or they're starting to get randy. <laughs> Ew. You just say, you need to keep your beans on low. Exactly. Because so. right now, my beans are on low at home. Yes. All right. So what else? We didn't have a lot planned for today. No. We want to ease into the new year. Yeah. But I think it's important to set the tone. I agree. And I think it's a good tone to set. What do we want to talk about next episode? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I feel like I always kind of throw the ideas out and you're kind of stuck with them. So that's not true. So I want to see what you want to talk about. She's on her phone. I don't know. She's looking. All right. You know what? We'll surprise you. And you know what we might even do? We might even throw a teaser in every now and then and give you a heads up on what the next episode is going to be. Right. I would love if somebody would write in and tell us what they want to say. I think about. that would be great. And a you listener would, suggestion? I think that would be great. So I think if you would call or call, don't call us. <laughs> Do not call us. I'll give you Steve's number. <laughs> Except that she doesn't know how to broadcast episodes. So I, I feel safe. And I really, I could, if you put a gun to my head, if in the forest, Alec Murdoch's in the cousin <laughs> put a gun to my head or mine in on 1940s <laughs> Dutch forest, I could not tell you your phone number because I don't know them anymore. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I look at my phone? Right. Can I call a friend? I mean, I can't because right. I don't know anybody's number. I could but... call my mom. Right. That's it. <laughs> on the landline in their house. That's it. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, um, okay. So if you have some ideas, hit us up, Stephanie at weekendmediagroup.com. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. we'd like some feedback on how you like the new studio setup mm-hmm. because um, I think the sound quality is really good. We mm-hmm. do this for you. Um, and up next will be some other upgrades. Maybe this year we might put a camera in here and do a little live streaming from time to time. That means I have to brush my hair. That, that just, or, at a, at a minimum, your teeth. <laughs> Just saying. So um, let us know what you think and yeah. let us know what ideas you have and also reviews. Yes, we need those five-star iTunes reviews. Ah, it was Apple <laughs> iTunes. and iTunes. iTunes, iTunes reviews. <laughs> iTunes. So, um, or whatever platform you're listening yeah. on, we would appreciate those. And with that, anything else? Stay safe and be well. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. I hope that you do something that changes the notion of community this year. We love you.